Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic Azubi. My name is Zubi, and if you're brand new to the show, the show's all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. On today's episode, we brought on none other than content manager, editor, producer of puremtgo.com and legitmtg.com, Joshua Claytor, the one who actually helped me get sponsored by legitmtg.com, brought him on because he has been a long-time content producer since I think he said going back to 1999. He's written for various magazines, various websites from Star City Games, and so on and so forth, and uh, brought him on to just you know, talk about his journey into content creation and mental health and just about a lot of other stuff too. Heck, we even talked a lot about about a lot about baseball as well. So, but before we get in there, uh, let's get some announcements out of the way. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at MagicWithZuby, on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And if you want to help to support the show in any way possible, you can check out the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash MagicWithZuby. Uh, we did get a new patron site. I just want to give a shout out to JJ Freeze, aka MTG Strategist on Twitter for subbing $1. And thank you very much for that. Uh, Awesome for you to do that. And yeah, so just got two more quick ads added here and we will go on to the interview with Josh. Jazzy, what does the calculator say about the shipping costs? It's over $9. What? Nine dollars? There's no way that could be right. At LegitMTG.com, we don't charge shipping for any order over two dollars or more. We're not like those other guys who make you spend an arm and a leg to get free shipping. Come on down to LegitMTG.com for all your magic needs and be sure to get that free shipping special. That's LegitMTG.com. Visit today. And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormie? Yeah, exactly! Anormie! Well, have I got the show for you. The all-new Magic Vanormie show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic Magic for Normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing Magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Magic for normies. And here we go. We've got, hey everybody, we've got Joshua Claytor, a.k.a. the content manager of LegitMTG and PureMTGO, a content creator, streamer, um... Dude, you've been there for a long time now in content creation. You've sort of done it all. You've been part of the part of the old school Watsi Community Cup that they used to do um, uh-huh. back in the day, and then you used to be pretty competitive Magic player too, right? Back I tried to tried to be. I tried. Uh- <laughs> yeah, or were you more of a grinder then? More of a grinder. Yeah. Okay. So uh-huh. how's it going, man? It's it's been a while. Or actually, we've been trying to do this. 
I know we've talked back and forth casually, like, hey, let's get you on the show and all that. And, you know, it's let's just get it done. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, things are OK. Um, <laughs> sites are doing well. We've picked up. Uh, I'm not going to remember his Twitter screen name because I'm an imbecile, but Scott Campbell. Oh, MTG Packfoils, I think. Yeah. He has been knocking stuff out of legit. Yes, uh, he is. Really good stuff. I actually messaged him today. I was like, man, I need you to do whatever you're doing and bottle that and give it to me so I can start creating like that again because I, I miss writing. I really do. But my last article was back in January for legit. Yeah. Um, and I will sit down and get ready to start something. It's just like, Nah, not today. Uh, uh, I, I have not. Eating. I've not written that. That's how I started. Actually, was do you remember the old? Um, it, it was pretty short lived. But do you remember the like Facebook esque website, themedry.org? No, I do not. So it was <laughs> a. I, I think some LGS like up in Minnesota or Wisconsin built this site. It, it's no longer around at all. It's completely gone. Um, but. It was um, Jeff Hoogland was actually a, a featured writer there, and I got actually a writing spot. I didn't get paid or anything, but it was just um, they posted my blog articles, and that's when I started writing about Commander and Standard, and that's how I actually got my start in content creation. And you, uh, you brought up Jeff, and I vaguely remember it. Yeah, uh, it, 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 I think it was maybe around for less than a year, but it, it looked like Facebook, but it was just for magic. Yeah. So, uh, so is that how you got? Has writing been the main kind of content creation you've done? Yeah, way back in 1999, uh, my first article was a Kentucky State Championship tournament report Ooh. Uh, for the dojo.com. Uh, so I am I'm dating myself a lot because I was <laughs> 21 years ago. I played, to the best of my memory, a deck that I found from Inquest Magazine. Ooh. Uh, it was a Yagmas Bargain Storm deck. Oh my, that sounds that, disgusting. That utilized the uh, the free creatures and bubbling muck. And I went 0-4 <laughs> with this deck. I won one game. Um... But yeah, my first my first my first bit of content creation was back in 1999, uh, and I took that and networked my way into getting relationships with people at Star City, mm -hmm. and moved from the dojo after it closed Star City for a little bit, and was there for a couple of years. Uh, I was let go right before they started Premium. Oh, okay. The Ferret was still editor, and I think they replaced him with Craig Stevenson. Uh, Craig Stevenson is a Englishman, super cool dude. Uh, was my first opponent on the Pro Tour. Uh, oh wow! And he he beat me very badly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so well, hey, hey you know, you you, you were Pro Tour. You know, you're, you're downplaying yourself. You've been to a Pro Tour. Not many Magic players can say they've been to a Pro Tour. Uh, true, they can't, but that, that was 
it was it was Pro Tour uh, Pro Tour Tinker uh, back New Orleans, I think two thousand three ish. Yeah, I mean, one of those. even though that was you know a long time ago, I mean that's still impressive. You that know? whole weekend was just a complete train wreck. Uh, we met friends, or me, me and a guy that I grew up with uh, lives no less than half a mile away from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we disconnected in high school, and a store opened up, and we reconnected, and uh, we would travel with with my group of friends. We would go all over the place. Uh, there was a weekend where we went to Nashville then swung to Knoxville, then swung up to Louisville for PTQs. Uh, so this guy, my friend Michael, uh, wins the PTQ in Louisville, mm-hmm. and he's like, man, no one from around here is going to go. I don't want to go. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be me by myself. And I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't have to be that way. So I got him connected with some people from Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. And he was like, all right, why don't you go with us? And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll go. I've, I've never been to New Orleans. I, I've always wanted to. So we go. Uh, ILCQ. I'm the only person in the car in our hotel room that isn't qualified. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to, you know, just do it. Uh, start the LCQ. Hours later, I'm in, I'm in top eight. Top four qualifies. Uh, playing the Astral Slide Mirror Match. And I get Mind Slaver. And I'm like, oh, no. This is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me. <laughs> uh, so he casts his mind slaver, and before he can activate it, I, I I get a full turn. Yeah. So like, I could cycle my decree of annihilation now, or I could play my morph, and it was an exalted angel, and just hope that I I draw lands so I can flip it. Yeah. So I play my morph. He. Uh, activates the Mind Slaver, takes my turn, and the first thing he does is Windmill Slam the Decree of Annihilation. And I'm like, alright, cool. So he's playing exactly the way that I want him to. Uh, I rip four lands in a row. Flip my Exalted Angel and just win from there. Oh, damn. We got lost on the way back to the hotel. Uh, We didn't get to bed until four o'clock in the morning and we had to be back at eight. Oh, Jesus. Uh, because we had to be back at eight because I had to register for the pro tour. Uh, <laughs> oh wait. So pro tour was the next day. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, I didn't have a deck because my friend had the only copy of tanker that I had built. And I'm like, I can't make him come off the only deck he's play tested. That's true. So, I borrowed a copy of Psychotog from one of the people in the room. Completely foiled out. I'm like, this is this is the dopest deck I've ever played with. And uh, I sit down, play Craig Stevenson, and he's like, uh, I built my deck to be Tog. And I was like, uh, oh no! And he did. The, the games weren't even close. I just got <laughs> got wrecked. So he introduces me to the Pro Tour, and then fires me. Uh, so and that was a pretty fun interaction. Yeah, I mean, he didn't fire me at the Pro Tour. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> that was that was a couple years later. But yeah, I went from Star City to TCG player. I wrote for Scry Magazine. Uh, oh, I wrote, nice. I wrote for Beckett when they did a magazine. Uh, 
and then 2007-ish, TCG player decides to let me go, and I'm like, that's okay. Uh, I'm not playing as much anymore. My wife's pregnant. We're about to have a kid. It's time for me to move on. And then the owner of Pure MTGO was like, hey, we need an editor. Uh, How about you? Because I was writing for Pure MTGO at the time. I'm like, okay. I can do that. Uh, He's given me a huge opportunity. Uh, There was a lot of growing pains early on in the site uh, because I didn't understand his vision for it. And I tried to mold it into my vision. Like At the time, I was super spiky and... uh, didn't think formats like Popper or Tribal Wars or anything like that would draw an audience, and it turns out that I was incredibly wrong. Like Popper, Popper in those days when Alex Allman was writing, drove traffic to the site. Really? Uh, yeah, it was it was huge. Because was he like the only Popper writer at the time that was noteworthy, or he was basically Popper's champion. Uh, he was running player-run events on MTGO uh, and then okay. doing all, all the advertisements. He was doing all the uh, uh, outreach to Wizards. And this was back in, like, 2007, you said? Yeah. Oh, it was wow. a long time ago. Um, but after after I got out of those growing pains, like, I, I talked to Alex and I talked to... Uh, uh, Giancarlo and you know the people that write about these specialized formats and realize that there is more to magic than the competitive side of things mm-hmm. uh, and that these people deserve to have their voices heard too so it was a bit of a culture shock to me because you were just in the spike mindset for so long yeah like, for just it's, about it's standard and what they had extended back then too. Yeah, standard, extended, block constructed, and limited. Yeah, were were the formats that were important back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Heath was right. Everything isn't casual players drive sales; they drive hits. Uh, there's more of them than there are tournament players. Yeah, that's true, and that's great. That's that's what that's what makes Magic different from a game like Versus System or the Wild TCG. Both of those games, to me, were much better than Magic is. But both of those games did not have casual players falling over themselves to play us. That's true. That's true. No, and you bring up a good point because um, what was it? The other day I was streaming Magic Arena and just getting frustrated as hell because you know. It's, you know, when you go in the play queue and you just want to test out a deck, you're not worried about rank and you just face nothing but mono red over and over and over again. You're just like, oh, my God. You know, I don't mind facing mono red, but it's like when you do it five times in a row, you're just like you're just sort of like, all right, fuck this, you know. Um, And I find myself getting so frustrated. But, you know, just today and yesterday, I stream paper magic for combined, you know, 10 hour over 10 hours. And um not once that I get mad, salty, you know, even losing and all that stuff. Because I, I don't know. It's just in paper magic. I just find myself more relaxed. It's more fun because, you know, I'm talking with people and stuff like Arena. Or even when I played a lot of magic online, it was just a f- nameless opponent that you're playing. Yeah, I, I still have a little bit of that uh, 
competitive mindset to me. Like, I'm not here to make friends whenever I'm playing on Arena or MTGO. Yeah. So chat's off on MTGO. Oh, yeah. I, I always turned off chat. Even during, like, the Commander games, because you'd have freaking people just be a-holes and all that. Yeah. I keep chat on for Commander games because sometimes things are said. But in general, the, the games that I've played on MTGO for Commander recently have just been super chill games. That's good, at least. Uh, I've been lucky. Uh, I think the saltiest someone got was when I was um, uh, going off with Siona and Shielded by Faith. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, so, I get with uh, Pure MTGO back to, uh, I guess, content history. Yeah. Uh, do draft stuff with them, start doing videos, um, you know, get other people. Um, Brad Nelson mm-hmm. was one of the first people that uh, contributed a little bit to the site before he got big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to do text interviews with people like him, uh, Sandy Dog MTG, uh, Corey Baumeister, yeah. I did interviews with. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm just hanging out doing that kind of stuff. And, I, and I'm, I'm happy with it. I like giving people voices. I like working with writers. The best days for me is when one of the writers emails me or hits me up in chat and is like, hey, I'm quitting. And I'm like, what are you quitting for? Oh, another site wants me. Oh, I see what you mean. That's, and I'm cool. like, That's super. I'm so glad for you. Like, Alex. Alex, when he went to Star City, I uh, was like, "Man, this is this is too good." And I was like, "Good, man. This is what I've been getting you ready for." Uh, he went to Star City. They eventually let him go after a couple of years. He came back, and then he went back to Channel Fireball. I'm like, That's "Man, good. this is great." Uh, Ryan Spain uh, wrote for us. Uh, oh, okay. Ryan Spain eventually went to go work with Wizards of the Coast on the arena team Ooh. before uh, before leaving that position. Uh, I'm thinking of other people off the top of my head. Uh, one of the Tribal War writers uh, left us and went to another site and was like, that was not something I expected, but he excelled and he got noticed and was picked up by another site. We had a another writer that went to MTG Goldfish to write about vintage. I'm just like, man, this is super. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, MTG Goldfish went, has been a freaking powerhouse too, and just in the past few years. Yeah. I, f- I feel and, like I remember and, when they just started and they were just like a little little baby site and now it's like it's one of the mainstay magic sites now. And they've done a lot of really good work. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Saffron Olive is probably one of my favorite content creators. God, the amount of freaking, like... So, I understand it's, like, his full-time job, right? And I I just noticed the amount of tweets he does. And I just want to tell him, like, dude, how are you freaking just on Twitter that much? It's it's too much for me. Like, I know I'm addicted to Twitter and I do tweet a lot. But holy crap, the amount of just stuff that he can tweet out just about magic. And also, I'm like, dude, that, that's a little bit too exhausting for me right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I do the pure MTGO stuff. 
and you know I'm learning stuff in college like to make me better and yeah um, you know be more valuable and a couple of years later uh TG comes up for sale and I message the owners of the Lotus Guardian which is a store in Owensboro and I'm like hey look this is just such a dope opportunity for y'all to buy this uh, you've got Milton customer goodwill. Now, was legit MTG a relatively known LGS at the time when it went up for sale? No, no. Okay. It was it was basically an online retailer. Okay, okay. Uh, it but was they never... did have a storefront though. Yes. Okay. Uh, and I, I I told Nate I was like, look, this is a big risk, but you get a dedicated customer base, a huge social media following. And their inventory. You get the IP. You know, the name is good. People in the Midwest like this name. So you should buy it. And he eventually did. Uh, and when was that back in? Oh, God. <laughs> I've been there for 2013-ish. Okay. okay. Back when that happens. I was there for six years last year. Oh, wow. But, uh, when he bought it, uh, the writers came over. Uh, I didn't get a chance to work with Aaron Campbell, which really upset me because I wanted Wait, to work with. She, she was in legit MTG. She was doing the deck tees back then. Well, uh, I remember the deck tees, but that was part of legit though. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we wow. hosted her. Uh, we hosted uh, Scott McCullum. I know, I know you used to do what the Yo MTG taps. Yeah, uh, Joe and uh, Joe and Joey Pasco. Yeah, well, we did it with Joe and another person, but the actual original Yo MTG taps are now at uh, Gathering Magic. Okay, okay, or not Gathering Magic. That because that went away because that because that cool got stuff. yeah because that's cool stuff now yeah. yeah yeah they're cool stuff now uh scott went to face to face uh and we've, we we've had our share of local pros and local embosses share make content um but when when nate bought it the guy that was content editor at the time just decided to cut off all ties Oh wow! And didn't share any passwords for any emails. Like things went without updating for three months. Oh damn! And uh, I got bored one day in the middle of an ice storm and decided that I was going to go for a walk. That's right. You guys got snow up there. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first mistake was going out in an ice storm. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, Nate, man, this guy's not doing anything for you, and it's, and it's costing. You why don't you let me take over the site until we find someone that's more permanent uh, I'll do it cheap I'll do it good I'll help you out because you're my friend I had worked for Nate before back okay. when he first started uh, his his brick and mortar store because Watsy didn't want their distributors selling sealed product to uh, digital retailers anymore that didn't have a storefront oh, and that was like damn. back in 2004 2005 um, and I eventually broke Nate down enough to let you know let me in. 
Yeah. Uh, it's not going as well as I want it to. And a lot of that's on me. Uh, and I think I've failed the site more recently than I have. Well, how so? I just haven't gotten writers to replace each other. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, because there has been a lack of writing recently. And um, I mean, Scott is a great addition, though. I feel like he's a good addition to the staff, to the writing staff. Now, I've tried to get other writers. Um, And they'll come through for a couple of articles Mm -hmm. and then be done. And that's okay. You know, they tried something. And either stuff got too busy or they just didn't like it. Yeah, and it's not for everybody, you know. Yeah. Uh, or I'll have a conversation with someone and nothing will come of it. Uh, yeah, that happens a lot, too. Yeah. And that's okay, too. Uh, things get busy. Like, I haven't ridden since January uh, as a combination between depression and busyness. Uh, the state of the program column that I write every week for Purim TGO takes seven to eight hours a day. Or not seven to eight hours a day. I was about to say like, okay, I was about to say, damn, a day? (laughs) How do you have time for anything (laughs) else? (laughs) I typically write it in a day. Yeah. Um, But you're having to compile a lot of stuff for it, though. Yeah, there's a lot of research getting done. There's a lot of me tracking down news. Yeah. Uh, fact checking stuff. Uh, coming up, like, I like doing the prices, but I'm not very good with Excel. Uh, so it's it's real primitive for me because I have a dumb caveman brain. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I enjoy it. It just keeps me so pulled away from doing what I want to do. I want to write about Pioneer and Modern and maybe Commander. I don't feel like man, I net deck Commander Ducks. <laughs> I do it. I am no. the worst. I have actually net decked my first Commander deck recently because um, I was working on a budget EDH deck and I ended up net decking one and just bought it. It was like less than 40 bucks or whatever and um, first time I ever net decked but I, I know what you mean I, there are times I want to write about Commander so bad and I felt like maybe it was a little bit easier before Commander was so popular now that it's like more mainstream than ever it's like I feel dumb as hell when I go and see these other Commander content creators and I'm all like I kind of know what a counter spell does, you know, <laughs> they're naming <laughs> off like all these cards left and right. And I know I've played these cards, but I don't, I don't know if you're like me, you know, there's a card that you don't see for years and years and years that, you know, you played a lot when it was first there. But you're like, I don't remember what it does. I don't, I don't know. I'm so terrible with names of what card abilities do. It's, it's frustrating. And yeah, it's, I would not be a good commander content. That's why I just like doing the paper EDH streams because those are just super easy so people can see how terrible of a magic player I actually am. <laughs> I wish I had the setup to where I could do that because that seems like a lot of fun. Oh my god, dude, it's so much fun. It's it's brought back my love of just playing magic because 
before doing this this past weekend, I'd only ever be able to play Paper Magic maybe once a month if I'm lucky. If that, I mean, there's sometimes I don't play it for three, four months at a time, and Magic Arena is literally the only thing I do because I, I stopped doing FNM over a year ago because I was working on building my LGS's D and D scene up. And before the whole pandemic, it was nice and built up, and we had a D&D game going every single night, sometimes multiple games a night. Um, and now I'm afraid my LGS is going to be kaput and done for now with this whole thing. Yeah, that, is, that is a huge fear I have. Yeah, like, how, how, how Do you know how Legit's doing during this? or We're doing... I don't want to say fine, because I'm not, I'm not involved in the day-to-day operations because I'm 80 yeah. miles away. But we're getting orders in we're getting them shipped out we're not having to let anyone go that's good that's uh, good for now oh yeah yeah uh, yeah i mean we don't know what the what what it's going to be like you know a month from now or anything yeah. it's it's hard to say but no i mean that's good that's um because i mean i i know i i can't buy for my local lgs anymore but i'm still going to try to buy you know something even if it's singles or you know from tcg player or legit mtg or you know wh- wherever i can get them right yeah because i don't think you can even buy stuff from star city or channel fireball right now or even card kingdom um, i know i know channel fireball shut down i didn't know star city or card kingdom or i, I don't know if they are or not it's i, I have no idea I know, I know the channel fireballs warehouse shut down yeah uh, and i think card kingdoms did and I know the T- TCG Player Direct warehouse is down. Yeah, right. but that that might be a little more. Yeah, there there might be a little bit more to it than just the pandemic, yeah. from what I've read. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's not a whole lot of stuff that I totally understand because with Florida being a right to work state, I don't even really. I mean, I understand what unions are and all that, but I never being a part of one or even knowing what they really do for you, I I, I can't comment on whether a union's good or not. The, my, my biggest thing that I know about unions is from what I read and saw in The Irishman with with Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> Kentucky's also a right-to-work state, uh, but I worked for UPS. Okay. And UPS is a unionized uh, company. Oh, across the U.S.? At least in Kentucky. Oh, okay. Uh, we had the largest, or Louisville is like the the either the largest or the yeah I think Louisville's the largest UPS hub oh, and wow. Atlanta's the largest FedEx hub. That makes sense because I always see a lot of my stuff hitting FedEx or when I get a lot of FedEx stuff, always Atlanta and <laughs> UPS, always Louisville. I don't know why Louisville. I guess I guess we gave them some really good tax incentives to build it at the airport Probably. back then. I don't know. All I know is that they paid me to go to college, and uh, I lost my scholarship okay. because I really liked partying more than I liked going to class. <laughs> yeah, I remember those college days. Uh, but yeah, legit seems to be doing okay. Uh, orders are coming in; they're going out. That's good. Product, new, new products coming in is coming out. I mean, I guess that's all you can ask for during this kind of climate right now. I mean, yeah. Jeez, I mean, it's dude. This whole freaking pandemic thing sucks. It's um, all the Magic Fest being canceled. I was planning on going to. Well, this weekend was supposed to be Magic uh, West Palm Beach, Magic Fest West Palm Beach. I was supposed to be there. I already had the time off planned for it. Um, I I had a plane t- like 
last year um, when I was traveling a lot for work, I had a basically a free plane ticket from Southwest to go fly somewhere cheap because they delayed our flight one time, and so they gave us like a two hundred dollar voucher. And so I was gonna go to another Magic Fest. I wanted to try to go to Magic Fest. I don't know Austin or somewhere in the Midwest, like Oklahoma City or something, and that that's done now. Um, and then I'm hoping, hoping, hoping they don't cancel Vegas because I really want to go to Vegas. Vegas is a dope city. I've never been for a Magic Fest. Um, oh, oh no, I've been to Vegas plenty of times. It's just I want to <laughs> go there for the Magic Fest. Uh, I've only been once. I went for uh, Gamma back when they held them in Vegas instead of Reno. What's Gamma? And, uh, game Association Manufacturing. They're the they're the board or the they're the board game hobby game uh, lobby, I guess. Oh, okay, that's weird. They, they put on trade shows and. Oh, okay, okay, I see what you mean. One of my friends, like an expo, uh, pretty much like an E three. Yeah type thing for yeah. board games I think they put on no they don't put on they put on Origins okay um, they are the Game Manufacturers Association I don't know why they're called Gamma I guess because G in G games yeah maybe um, <laughs> one of my friends was the treasurer for them and he invited out um, my local game store's owner and he was like, you should come too, Josh. I'm like, you know, that sounds like a dope way to spend a week. Let's do it. And it was a dope way to spend a week. And by the time I was done, I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it, I feel like Vegas is one of those cities that you can only be there for like X amount of days and then you're just done. Yeah. Because it's, um, I don't smoke or anything, but I cannot stand the smell of the casinos after a while. There's certain casinos that they're like air... air AC is way better than some others like you can't even really smell the smoke and the Febreze is basically what I say you go into any casino and you smell cigarettes and Febreze that's like yeah. all you smell and that there's certain like Caesars Palace is really good with their circulation and venting um oh what is it the the pyramid one the Luxor is really good uh, Excalibur sucks Tropicana sucks um MGM sucks um god what else there's New York that sucks but and more of the higher end ones are better too with ventilation. I just always feel so freaking poor walking into those though. Oh yeah, <laughs> we went we went to one of Bobby Flay's lesser restaurants out there, and uh, a friend ordered ranch dressing to go with his fries, and the waiter looked at him with just this look of disgust. <laughs> it was like you plebe how could you possibly want something so awful for your french fries wow that's funny <laughs> just the funniest thing but yeah by the, by the time we were we were getting back to the airport i was just like i'm so done with this city yeah it, it's definitely like a weekend retreat type thing um what one of the best restaurants i went out there is a um is a little taco taco restaurant called Roberto's Tacos. I mean, the inside of the restaurant is like super shady and crappy looking, but holy crap, is their food so good? <laughs> it's like it, it's it's one of those restaurants where you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna get shot or you know mugged here or something, but Jesus, fucking food's delicious. 
And the only food I remember from my trip to Vegas, uh, besides that Bobby Flay, like the food was mediocre. I, I remember that interaction. <laughs> but we went to uh, Hash House of Go Go. Okay. Uh, and it was just super dope. And this was back when I could have gluten. Yeah. So I I went I went stupid. Like I ate so much and it was so good and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the amount of waffles I had that day is now why I'm gluten intolerant. <laughs> oh damn. Uh, I mean, I mean, like I was, I was taking pictures and sending them back home to my wife, and was like, "Man, I really wish you were here," because she would have enjoyed that too. Uh, but Cassius had been, Cassius was like a year old at the time, yeah, and we didn't feel comfortable asking her parents to watch him. Yeah, both, it's tough. It's tough. Um, so the, the trade-off was uh, I went to Vegas for a week and then when school let out I would take him for a month when she went to Germany to hang out with her grandmother I was like well, that's, cool. that's a reasonable trade-off yeah um, but yeah it's it's not bad Nothing. nothing's bad <laughs> and dude, you've been through quite the journey. So talk to me a little bit about the community cup that you were a part of. What was that like? And how did you get invited and, and, and explain to maybe some listeners who don't know what that is? Cause some people might be thinking that's um, something to do with magic arena, but now the community cup that we're talking about is something much, much different back in the day. So the community cup, and I want to get my, my dates right on this. So let me, uh, because there hasn't been a community cup in what four years or something like that. They're Five done. years. They're done. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know they. I know they're completely done. But it's because the last one was a was a while ago. I think four or five. The years last ago. one was 2015. Uh, so yeah, five years. So the, so the first one back in 2009. Uh, it had Alex Stallman, Pete John, and Eric Tribor. These were three people. From um, from Pure MTGO. Oh, nice. Uh, Eric Freiborg was the guy that first started the State of the Program article. Uh, uh, wait a second. He was the one. He was the one who he started the State started of the Program. Shop, he he started a shop in Minnesota a couple of years later. Oh, cool. Uh, Opened up his own LGS. Yeah, and probably the hardest day I ever had as, you know, being content manager for Pure or Legit uh, was the day that uh, his podcast co-host, they had started a podcast, uh, him and Sebastian Park, I believe is his last name. I My memory is gone. Oh no, you're good. You're good. He he now works for the Houston Rockets in their uh, esports division. Harvard educated dude's sharp as a tack. Uh, he's super great. But Eric um, ended up committing suicide. Oh wow! Uh, I'm sorry to hear just, that. 
the anxiety and stuff had just had gotten had gotten to him, and I thought it was a bad April Fool's Day joke. Uh, yeah, and it just oh, it happened on April first, uh, or, or you March found the news 31st, out. I believe. Oh, okay, Which, whichever the last day of March is, I don't remember days or months either. Um, yeah, that day that day sucked. Oh, dude, I bet. It was because uh, I was working for MTGO Traders at the time, so I was in the middle of a shift, and Seabass was like, "Hey, uh, so this happens," and I'm like, "Fuck, <laughs> yeah." Because like the dude was always there listening to me. Uh, my marriage was going through uh, just a ton of shit. He was always there listening. He was always there supporting, and I'm like. Fuck, I miss this, and uh, didn't get to return the favor. Yeah, and have struggled with that for a long time. Uh, he, he was a good dude, and the magic community uh, really lost someone real when that happened because. There was just so much enthusiasm and energy from Eric. So, anyways, he started it. Eric started it. Pete was a longtime judge, uh, Star City writer, and he had shifted over to Pure MTGO as well. So I'm claiming him. And Alex was, um, you know, a Pure MTGO writer. The rest of the guys that were invited were uh, orcs or forum moderators. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So so a lot of the Community Cup was what Wizards invited people to come to the headquarters and play Magic, or...? Yeah, they, they did a special um, Magic Online uh, competition, and um, back in 2009, uh, it was just fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, showing off what MTGO could do. They did uh, team standard uh, invasion block drafts, uh, 100 card singleton back then. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, just showing off the uh, you know, what, 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 the, what the digital Magic Online community did. It was meant for MTGO players. It was, oh, okay. it, it was to be separated from paper and all that stuff. Okay, uh, okay. So in 2010, they opened this up to nominations. Uh, and a lot of the pure MTGO people were like, man, Josh needs to be involved in this. And I was like, yeah, that sounds really cool. And I'd like to do it, but, you know, Cassius was born. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I can actually take a week, ho- week off. Yeah. And... You know, they invite me. I'm like, oh, that's dope. I'm going to do this. And I sat down with my wife, and she's like, yeah, this is something you should definitely do. Because it was, I was only going to be gone for a weekend. Uh, I would fly up there Thursday, do the competition, fly back on Sunday. That's and, uh, yeah, not too bad at all. And uh, we get to the airport. And she's getting ready to drop me off, and my body is just like, no, 
you cannot do this. Were you, was it just like a bad feeling you were having or just like panic attack or? It was my, it was what my therapist thinks was my first panic attack. Okay. Uh, my heart would not stop beating. I mean, and that's good. You want your heart to, to, to keep beating. Yeah. But it was rapid. <laughs> it was like yeah. hummingbird speed. I felt like I was choking. I couldn't breathe. The room was spinning. And she drops me off. And I'm like, you need to not leave. Because I, I can't do this. So I emailed them from uh, my cell phone in the lobby of uh, Louisville International, which at the time I believe was called Standard for Field. Okay. Uh, and I was like, I can't do it. Uh, they. I don't know. I'm still here for some reason. My oh. video camera turned off. <laughs> it's, I have no idea why. Uh, they got me a, a separate, a, another plane ticket and was like, give it another effort. And we stayed in Louisville for this. And I was just like, I can't get over this feeling. I, I just can't. And as, as soon as I decided to give up on it, my body was like, all right, man, you're good. And this was the year that people like Brad Nelson Evan Irwin. Uh, Evan was doing uh, the magic show, I believe. Oh, that's I remember that. So this yeah. was this was early Evan. Yeah. Uh, Bill Stark, who was doing uh, what did he call his website? The Starkington Post, <laughs> I believe, was what he was doing then. Uh, Gavin Verhey uh, oh was my the guy. God. That, he was the guy that they got to invite me or to, to replace me. Yeah. This was before Gavin was took the off. commander guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that was probably one of my biggest regrets not being able to actually take part in that because it, it hurt. It, I, bet. Uh, I mean, I mean, the next year we had another couple of pure MTGO people the year after the owner of MTGO traders goes, he's, he's also the owner of pure MTGO. And, uh, then shortly after, you know, like 2013 is the year where they started to say, this isn't just magic players anymore or MTGO players anymore. Um, like, uh, Kenji was invited in 2013. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Jacob. Michael was one of the first big streamers. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2014, um, Paul Chion, Tom Ross, Scott McCollum, Aaron Campbell. Um, 2015 was was Megan Wolf and uh, Maria Bartholdi. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said that wrong. And Wedge oh, and Jimmy Wong and uh, yeah, it was like turning into more content creators at that point. Yeah, that was that was more YouTubers. And well, yeah, yeah, YouTubers. I should say. Uh, and I regret not being able to make it in 2010. That was probably my my biggest uh, magic regret because I really wanted to go uh, because it was going to be fun. And just 
I had had small issues going to PTQs and stuff before, and just having my body reject that was was troubling. Uh, but I didn't really think much of it because it was just like, all right, I had a bad day. Yeah. And back in 2010, what dude talked about mental health? I mean, it, it's a lot more acceptable nowadays, but even today, it's still friggin' hard sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, even even ten years ago, yeah, no one talked about it. That was uh, my biggest magic regret: not being able to make that. Uh, I can't imagine. I mean, that's that sucks. It's. But I mean, I, I I understand where you're coming from because you know I I've definitely had panic attacks. It's the times I've gone to magic fests and all that stuff, dude. I have to mentally prepare myself for like weeks before I even go, and then as soon as I'm done, it's like I don't even wanna I don't even wanna like talk to anybody. Like my wife just knows to just let me decompress and leave me alone, and it's like I, I experience you know panic attacks too, like was it last week we had to go to Walmart and I mean I know this pandemic has definitely heightened everybody's anxiety and depression and all that because I know dude I'm going through it really hard right now um, but like dude I had to go to Walmart just last week and I had like the biggest panic attack where I'm like I'm standing in line waiting to check out and cashiers just doing all my stuff and someone got too close to me behind me and I'm like I'm freaking out like I want to run away right now and just punch the person right behind me and just run <laughs> like don't get near yeah. me <laughs> uh y'all are living what i've lived every day for the past yeah. six years and it sucks i don't want anyone to do this it, this is not something i volunteer you know I, I i want to do i had plans on going to magic fest louisville before it was canceled like yeah. I, I have worked myself with my therapist I know, I, I've seen you on Twitter therapy. and all that. It's I, I know I don't comment a lot on it, but dude, I see it. I see it, and I feel like I, I see the progress that you're going through. And dude, it's hard. It's um, I mean, I've been fighting depression forever, like since I was a teenager and all that stuff. I've gone through therapy. You know, I, I'm taking medication right now. There's days where the medication doesn't help, and just a few days ago, like Friday, Thursday, and Friday, like dude, I was feeling so freaking low and all that and just it and sometimes i'll go to sleep wake up and i'm like oh i'm feeling better and all that yeah. and it's so i get it i mean i i don't under i don't fully comprehend or understand like what you're going through you know like not wanting to go out i i guess the agoraphobia it would be or like i mean i feel that a little bit but it's i i think now it's i i know the pandemic like I said, heightens it because you don't want to go out and be near people, but you want to go out because you're getting tired yeah. of being inside the house. But, um, no, I mean, I, I get it, man. My therapist was like, you need to stop doing exposure therapy while this is going on too. And I'm like, that's the one time I get out and it's not far from the house. Yeah. But the possibility of me catching something, uh, because I'm out again, it's just like, she's not, I know that you're doing good. You're going to keep doing good. But it's not worth it right now. And I'm like, all right, I'll stop. But just because you told me to. So is it when you're doing your exposure therapy, is it you're just walking like up and down the street or something? Or Yeah, for the most part. I'm, okay. I'm trying to interact with other people. 
Uh, I'm trying to pay attention to what's around me. Uh, you know, because my brain interprets everything as a threat. I know that and feeling. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. Like, uh, there was a house uh, less than 100 yards away from me. Uh, and in that house were two Rottweilers. I have never once been attacked by a dog, ever. Yeah, I've always had good uh, experiences with dogs. And these dogs were sweethearts. They were very good, very well taken care of, very well trained. Uh, they were not the stereotypical Rottweilers that... Yeah, you see you know, on TV and of. all that. Yeah. yeah. Very well trained dogs, just the best dogs. And uh, one morning... Uh, well, Cassius is here because I, I can barely sleep when Cassius is here, and he was littler then too. Um, I hear a lot of sirens going off, and they don't stop. And I'm like, that—that's not good. So I rouse myself out of the street and I walk out into my front porch to see the street just littered with fire trucks. And then I look damn. across from where the fire trucks are. And I see a house on fire. Oh, how long ago was this? Uh, four or five years ago. Oh, damn. Okay. Uh, and my first thought are, God, I hope the people got out of there. And then it was like, what if that tree catches on fire and then catches the next house on fire and it just goes down in a row to my house? Okay. So I woke Cassius up and got him dressed. I was like, dude, we need to be up just in case something happens. That's yeah. I mean that that's taking safety precaution. Uh, so it's like three o'clock in the morning, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's it's clear that the fire department has us under control. So I walk him down there, and I'm like, "Look, look at what the firemen are doing. They're doing their job, and they're saving people. And they're uh, the house was not saved. It was the people that lived in there all got out. Oh, that's good. That's good." Uh, so no injuries or anything like that, or no deaths. The dogs or? didn't. Oh, the dogs didn't survive that. So they didn't make it. So and this this house had been rubble on the side of the street for a very long time, and every time I would pass this house, the dogs would bark because that's what dogs do. Yeah, they would never get aggressive at me. They wouldn't chase me down, but it was enough to make me uneasy. Yeah. And I was talking to my therapist. I was like, I know these dogs are dead. I know they're not going to climb out of this rubble and come after me because they've never done it before. But my brain's like, maybe. And I'm like, I, I can't with this. Uh, I haven't. There is a grocery store 100 yards across the street from me. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it in six years. I haven't seen the inside of it because the last time I the last time I had a panic attack in public, uh, I ended up on the ground crying in the grocery store, and it was super embarrassing. And the people that work there are people that grew up with my parents. Yeah. One of the, one of the cashiers was like, "God, you look like your dad so much." And I'm just like, "I hope not, because he's a skeleton." But <laughs> oh God! Uh, 
uh, back back when you know I was more jaded about things. But yeah. uh, you know, you take I took the compliment and was like, "Thanks, I appreciate it." My dad yeah. was was a good dude, and he was he was he was a, a beloved person, and people liked him, and he was a church elder and all this great stuff. Uh, but yeah, like I know these people. I went to school with some of these people. I I watch their kids grow up or you know they watched me so you know small town living and it was just so embarrassing i was just like i don't think i could ever show my face again and my brain was like that's perfect that is just you're nailing it dude uh so yeah it's it's made things difficult because I, i would very much like to be going going to Magic Fest or going to PTQ still. Like, I don't want to play on the Pro Tour again, but just to go and hang out with people because, yeah. I, I mean, everyone says it, uh, the best part about Magic is the gathering, and yeah. they're not wrong. Uh, the card game is an excuse to go see your buddies. Pretty much, yeah. It's an excuse to make memories, and uh, the world would be slightly worse off without it. Because then you don't have those gatherings anymore. That's true. So do you feel um, with a lot of your therapy, like, I mean, I know with the whole pandemic and all that stuff, that's kind (laughs) of, you kind of can't go outside of your house even if you wanted to um, or or go anywhere, really. Um, Do you feel like once things start lifting that you feel you'll be able to push yourself a little bit more to, like, go to public places or, like, like... Well, well, well. Let, let me ask you this, and not just so much like going to the grocery store. Like, if you have a park nearby or anything like that, do you feel comfortable going to a park where it's more wide open spaces and you know people aren't right next to you? And that's my joke now. Is I'm brave now when everyone else can't do everything. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to take this on. It's gonna be dope, and it's gonna be like, well, now everyone can do this stuff again. Time for you to not be brave. Yeah, it's, I, I know uh, what you mean. I I have the feeling that because this stuff's not going to be over for a while. Yeah, it's going to be a few months and who, yeah. or who knows how long. It's... And I'm still going to therapy because we meet online. Uh, we do video conferencing for that. That's good. So I, I you know I'm still going to be working with my therapist. So I, I'm thinking yes that I would at least be able to go to one of my local game stores and hang out for a little while and play some games. Uh, Is it more about being in a safe space for you? Like place that you're comfortable in being compared to it being inside or outside? I think I'm super comfortable in my house. I have very few panic attacks around my house. Yeah. It's the further I get out of my comfort zone that things start going bad. Uh, I mean, the people that own the game stores around here are people I went to high school with. Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't... Well, one of them was a freshman when I was a senior, so that doesn't really count. Yeah. He wasn't in band. We didn't interact. Yeah, you don't have a puny little freshman when you're a senior. Yeah. Uh, the other one was a junior when I graduated, but we, again, didn't interact because he wasn't in the band circle. Uh, but 
they eventually went on to become some of my closest friends, and they're good people. But it's the other people I don't know. There is a huge amount of uh, local store churn in our customer base here because of Fort Knox. Oh, that's people true. Will, yeah. People will hang out for six months to a year, and then they'll be stationed off somewhere else. I didn't think of that. <clears throat> and we're about to get the Army headquarters into Fort Knox, so there's going to be an influx of new people. So <clears throat> I know the owners. They both tell me I have a safe place to go if I start getting overwhelmed, which is super nice of them. Uh, <clears throat> but a lot of the people that play Magic around here, uh, the circle that I used to run with grew up, had kids, don't play anymore. They don't have intentions on playing anymore except for yeah. a re- uh, But like for someone like me who's divorced, uh, hasn't dated since 2012, only has this kid every other weekend, you know, I've got that free time and that, uh, you know, the ability to go out to the LGS and play. Uh, so meeting new people is super intimidating to me because it can be, yeah. And especially if they're military people, because I can never tell when they're serious or when they're just joshing. Yeah, that can be it can be intimidating, and especially if they're Marines and all that stuff. Oh, they're, they're not Marines. They're just they're just grunts. That's the so part. army. It's. Well, yeah. I guess it's a good thing there aren't any Marines or anything because especially Marines don't get along with any other branch. Uh, and this stuff, this stuff never happened in high school or uh, you know anytime like that. It's just I turned thirty-two and it's like my body's like, oh, dude, it, it happens. It's like um, when I remember when my kids were younger, like whenever we would like my wife and I and both the kids we'd all go to a store like I had a point to where I'd be so nervous just going out with them somewhere that I would have to have them walk in front of me to make sure I can keep an eye on them just so you know because I had this crazy idea that someone's just gonna come up and snatch my kids and and, you know you read stories of where that happens and all that shit but it's like no I want to make sure I keep my eye on them and you, mm-hmm. you just get this crazy, you get these crazy fears that something crazy is going to happen. And, you know, and I feel, you know, like a bad parent sometimes because that's kind of stunted my child's growth where, you know, she doesn't know how to ride a bicycle right now because I'm too scared to teach her and then have her go run off and get hit by a car or stolen somewhere. Because I think back to probably when you and I were kids, like. Uh, during summer summer or even on the weekends my mom would let me go out on, go out on my bike in the morning i'd come back for lunch and then go back out and, and we we'd go around to all the entire neighborhood and all that stuff and you know and come back for dinner and it's like i can't imagine now my kid being older like being 10 we've given her more freedom yes and also like she has a friend that lives down the street you know we let her go down there i mean before the whole pandemic and all that we'd let her go yeah. down there um and all that so it's it's gotten easier so yeah dude i understand it's it's tough it's like and and, you know not just being a parent thing but just my own personal self it's the depression just fucking hits bad sometimes it's 
And, and you know, and th this is something I touched upon last year, like when I thought I was done with the show completely. Like I really thought I was just done because I, I, I don't know, because when I try not to care too much about the podcast numbers or anything, right. but when you see like especially last year like i don't know what the hell happened with my podcast last year but the numbers just went <laughs> took a major dive and i wasn't doing anything differently which was driving me crazy and so you know i mean even being a freaking content creator it sucks because you feel like you could do everything what you think is right and then and what also and you probably know this because you've been around in the game a lot longer when you see someone brand new come to the scene and they just have this like automatic success and yeah. you're just like what the fuck am i doing wrong <laughs> you know yeah, that's that got to be hard that used to bother the hell out of me and dwindling numbers used to bother the hell out of me and i've told you this too before i believe uh when i stopped creating for others and started creating for myself things went better oh yeah uh i i don't care what the magic community thinks about myself I do care. Yeah, because because you're not state of the program because that's that's yeah. someone else's baby. That will always be Eric and Pete's. Well, um, well, I mean, and I guess what because I feel the same. Like I don't really care how the community feels about my content, but I also don't want to put out bad content, like be a piece right. of, like an edge lord or some piece right. of crap troll or anything like that. I want to put out quality. I want to put out content that you know 10 15 years from now that my kids are gonna you know hey you remember when dad used to do this podcast and boom they come in and listen and go away cat um <laughs> <laughs> and um you, you know because i've talked about that with my kids like i'm doing this you know so one day you know you can have my grandkids listen to it i mean listen to their dad you know their granddad talk about some stupid card game you know <laughs> rambling on about whatever so yeah, I totally that's, get that. It's that's part of the reason I started doing videos is I don't remember what my dad sounded like, and he passed when I was nineteen. So that was that was twenty one years ago, and I made an effort to be like I don't want Cassius to forget my voice. I want him to whatever he's feeling down be like, "Hey, here's Dad. I'm yeah, playing exactly. magic, and uh, I feel the same I, way." I've made videos for him and, and recordings for him because I don't want to lose that stuff. And, and uh, <sighs> I, mean, I mean, it's it's a tough gig doing this and you know fighting off mental health and or, or trying to be better mental mental health wise. And it's um, it's I feel like doing this podcast has definitely helped because I remember when I first started this my buddy Corey was the one who gave me the idea to do it and I thought I was going to do it for no longer than 10 months and like or I mean not 10 months six months and I was like yeah. okay after that I'm done you know because you know you start a lot of projects and then you know you say oh yeah I'm going to do it forever and all that stuff and and you, you know you just forget about it like I don't know how many stories I've actually started storyboarded you know rough draft synopsis and all that stuff and just never finished them uh, so I've, or or how many freaking D and D campaigns I've come up with and never played them before, and um, you know I'm surprised. I'm surprised one that I've been doing this for over four years now, and I'm surprised two that legit MTG still puts up with me. So, <laughs> like your your consistent content, your consistent content, uh, you're easy to work with. 
you make good stuff. Well, thank you. Make you make entertaining stuff. So, you know, having you as part of the site adds value to our brand. Uh, and that's something I want to do for Nate. I want to make the site as valuable as I can. And that's why I want to add more writers, add more content creators. Add, yeah. you know, that's why I'm streaming more and um, the giveaway, the, the the code giveaways for uh, oh, the, the, the program on Steam yeah. Elements. Man, I did 65 codes last week. I've got more waiting. Oh, dude, I have so many. For people <laughs> that, that want codes. How are you uh, giving them away? Because I've got so many that I just need to offload. I went to... I like to keep things Kentucky-centered. Yeah. Um, I, I was born in Ohio, moved down here when I was five, lived in Minnesota for, for a little bit, but Kentucky's home for me. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people like to dunk on us for being, you know, oh, you dumbasses, keep voting for Mitch McConnell or Rand Paul. Uh, well, you know, I mean, that's, that's reasonable. I mean, it's uh, better than what Florida gets. <laughs> there's not a Kentucky man meme that goes around, so I, I get you. Uh, not yet. I mean, it's just Florida man. <laughs> it's I, I've got Florida man right down the street for me. Actually, my neighbor could be considered a Florida man. <laughs> but uh, I went to Legit's Facebook page. I was like, hey, y'all are who we stream for. So here's some codes. I went to both of my local stores' pages. I was like, hey, y'all are my community. Went to the Louisville Facebook page. I was like, hey, y'all are my community. I didn't give a single code out on stream. That's uh, a good idea. Maybe, I get enough people watching to actually give codes out on streams. Like, I'm yeah. getting one to ten viewers each time I come in. Yeah, that, I, I've noticed when I stream Magic Arena, it's it's very. I'm lucky if I get up to ten viewers, but I've noticed since I started doing the paper EDH, I'm getting more viewers doing that because I feel like that that feels more um, engaging with people. I I get more people watching when I do MTGO than I do Arena, but that's because Pioneer, Modern, and EDH are on Arena. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I don't think EDH will ever be on Arena. It, Which, not in the way that people want to play EDH. It sucks. I mean, I would personally love to have Commander on Arena, but then again, I don't at the same time. How are you going to fit four people in that box? I know. It, it's <laughs> That's where things will get really... Like, I wouldn't even mind... 1v1 commander because some that that to me is at least better than brawl I, I I honestly do not enjoy brawl like I thought I really wanted brawl in arena then you actually get to play it a bunch and you're like oh no this is bad <laughs> the one good thing about brawl is having planeswalkers as commanders that's yeah it. That's the, yeah the I 60 like. card deck I don't like uh the small card pool I don't like the rotating card pool I don't like uh I get having brawl exists it is another thing for people to do with their arena collection yeah but it is it is not for me it's not it's um god i've tried to like it. i've tried really hard to like it i've built so many brawl decks both historic and standard and just 
I couldn't get into it. Like I enjoy historic format way better than just historic brawl. Yeah. And you know, it's okay that things aren't for us. Yeah. We gave it a shot. We didn't like it. That's all right. For for people like us, there's one, two, three, seven, eighteen that do like it. <laughs> and they get to play magic the way they want to. And yeah. That's great. And that's what is so freaking great about magic is um because my wife and I um my, especially my wife a couple years ago probably like four or five years ago she got super into Pokemon the TCG Pokemon and I gotta admit that game is actually pretty fun um it's, and, it's a lot of fun and um <laughs> especially the, their online client is what I wish um Magic Online could have been especially when you buy the booster codes and um you know get get the get the packs for the booster codes and all that stuff um so we played that we bought a whole bunch of stuff and we were just having so much fun but with pokemon there's really no other kind of format but the main standard format now, i know there's like extended and i think some other constructed there, formats but no god i only play expanded and standard but but they don't have a limited or, or a limited Format. Yeah, there's I mean, no limited. There's no sealed, no is, no draft or. With with PTCGO, it is designed to be a loss leader for the Pokemon Company. Direwolf did such an incredible job making the program. They did super good with this. Oh, it, it it was it was good enough to where my wife doesn't give a shit about. Well, she doesn't play Pokemon anymore, but she when she got hooked on it, she didn't give a crap about physical cards. But when she found out you could buy the starter decks and get the entire deck on there, oh, dude, she was buying them left and right. Like, oh, I want to get this one. Oh, I love this, you know, these color energy cards and just like, oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> the reason the reason I sell Pokemon cards on my TCG player shop is because of the codes. Oh, uh, I, I don't I don't have the intention on ever playing physical Pokemon, but I buy the crap out of the boxes and I redeem the codes for myself and then sell the paper cards. Um, oh, that's awesome. But yeah, PC, PTCGO is a lot of fun. It's also lacking a lot of stuff, but it's not meant to generate revenue. Uh, they took away the things that generated the revenue. They took them off the client. Really? Like uh, what? Did they get rid of the store or something on there that you could buy stuff with? or? They're... From what I understand, is there's no way to buy event tickets anymore, which is what you would get, which, which is what you would get to get into their single elimination tournaments. Yeah, I remember that. Um, you earn them through ladder play, and um, they, they've got a really generous ladder. Um, if a bit grindy, but um, they they were doing gym sales, uh, but they only did them in Canada. They took that away. Oh, wow. I don't believe there's a way to get their actual gold currency in exchange for cash anymore. Wow, uh, that's crazy. And I think a lot of that is because, uh, you know, the market for Pokemon isn't guys like us. No, it's not anymore. It's guys like us. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it, my kids did enjoy the Pokemon card game there for a little bit, but um, they... I tried to get them into magic. They were playing magic with me for a little bit. They couldn't get into it, but 
the thing that they both enjoy the hell out of, and I'm so glad, I'm so happy, is D&D. At least it's something that we can do, you know, because, um, and it's since, and the great thing about D&D with it not being competitive, that they have to work together as a group, it's, um, because I'll be honest, man, I hate playing board games with my kids. They will, because <laughs> they will go for each other's throats. <laughs> like they're vicious. It doesn't help that their father is also pretty vicious <laughs> too. Like I'm competitive as hell, but it's, it gets so frustrating. Just the arguments. So D and D has been very nice. It's, we, we don't play it all the time. It's maybe about a once a month type thing for us because um, it's just, it's not really that it's a lot of prep or anything. It's um, these kids, I don't know, they barely have attention spans a lot of times nowadays, especially with the phones. I tell them like no phones or anything at the table. Yeah, Cassius doesn't bring his phone over here. Uh, I don't know if that's because of his mom saying no, or him just not wanting it. Yeah, he barely responds to my text messages anyway, so I think he just doesn't <laughs> like his phone. Um, but yeah, me. Me and Cash share video games. That's good. He is he has never once expressed an interest in playing Pokemon. He's never expressed an interest in playing Magic. Uh, we play some board games every so often, but it's 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 video games for me and him. And the oh, thing good. when when Stephanie was pregnant was like, Oh, you're you're making yourself a little two headed giant partner. I'm like, nah. I want my son to enjoy his own things. I don't want him I want us to bond, but I don't want him to feel like he has to follow in my footsteps. No, I, I know want what you mean. To be his own person, uh, and he's turning into quite a good little little dude. He's and that's he's all you can ask for, too. <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't pay attention as much in school as I'd like him to, but you know, I didn't pay attention. Like yeah. he uh, he got in trouble a couple of weeks ago because he was playing games in class and had to go to Saturday school. This was actually the week of the pandemic when or when, when Kentucky started to take it seriously. Okay. Uh, he had Saturday school that day, and or that Saturday, which is my normal weekend. And he was like, Dad, I'm not coming over this weekend. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're not coming over this weekend. You messed up. <laughs> uh, and then Bashir was like, no, nah, we're canceling schools. Uh, so... <laughs> So Saturday school got canceled too, and it all worked out in the end. But I, I couldn't get super mad at him because while he was playing games in school, I was starting decklist. And to oh, me, dude. it feels hypocritical to be like, "Hey, man, you're gonna get super punished for this." Oh, I used to be really bad in school. I mean, if it wasn't um. I mean, the thing that I would do would just be either draw comics or write stories or something, just not or not pay attention. It would depend on the class, though, because there would definitely be some classes, you know, you'd pay attention because you, you really enjoyed them and all that. Yeah. But some classes you're just like, nope, fuck this, or you hate the teacher or some shit. Uh, you can definitely tell which teacher was there just to collect a paycheck. Oh, yeah, for sure. And those, those were the classes that I gaffed off the most. But uh, we, like, my senior year in high school, I had a business law course. It was the best high school class I took outside of bands because the teacher loved it. Uh, interesting. Teacher, teacher was dope. Uh, so I got to ask you a question that's completely off topic or anything. Um, okay. 
and I really hope it isn't what I think it is, but your shirt, is that a Houston Astros shirt? It is a Mitchell and Ness Nolan Ryan throwback jersey from the Cooperstown Collection. It is a 1980 throwback. So it's a baseball, right? Yes. Okay, just want to make sure because I I didn't know if there was like a Kentucky Astros thing or something. Um, But how dare you wear the Astros after what they've done, what they've been (laughs) after what they've done in baseball, sir. (laughs) Well, to be fair, in the eighties they weren't doing this. It was I know, I know. Um, The Astros got off super easy, dude. I cannot believe it's what they they got a slap on the wrist and they had to apologize or. Did they even apologize? I can't remember if they did or not. They've apologized in the same way that when some uh, alt-right guy does something stupid, he's like, well, yeah. I'm sorry I got offended. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. In, in a crappy way. Dude, I can't believe that they didn't get a more severe punishment because I'm sure you've seen the videos of them showing how they cheated, the freaking banging in the dugout and the cameras in the dugout and all that shit. I still, so I love the Rays, you know, because hometown team and all that. So I remember, what was it, the the fifth game last year of Rays versus Astros. And I know, um, not Snell, it was, fuck, oh, who was the starting pitcher? He was fucking up because he was giving off a really big tell, but still, it's like they knew all our pictures, like everything, like they knew exactly like all their signs and all that stuff. Yep. And and I get sign stealing as a thing in baseball that's existed forever, but they were doing it in a way where they were just using electronics, which is forbidden or, or illegal or whatever you want to say, frowned upon. Or... They were doing it after the league sent out a memo was like, hey, don't do this. Yeah, yeah. And, God. And I get not punishing the players because, you know, without the players' cooperation, they don't have an investigation. I understand yeah. that. Uh, and they would have a big mess with the players' union if oh, yeah. they were to start start you know hey you cooperated with us but you're still getting suspended for a year suspended or fined or whatever yeah Yeah. there would be a huge mess there but to let them hang their banner so to say that banner has to come down yeah because what was it they weren't they also what was it the dodgers was saying because they won in 2017 right if i remember correctly and it was against the dodgers and um And I remember the Dodgers saying shit was being shady. Um, the And I feel kind of sick to my stomach that I was cheering for them against the Yankees last year for them to get to the World Series. And I'm so glad the Nationals won last year. I'm so freaking happy they won, especially after when that scandal broke out. <laughs> and they need to do the same thing to Boston, too. Boston needs to take us 2018. They need to take their championship away, too, because they were cheating, too. Oh, Red Sox came out doing the same shit? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Was that just recently, like a couple months ago, found out? No, they they started reporting on the Astros. They started reporting on the Red Sox when they started investigating the Astros. Oh, dang. Um, Their their manager lost his job over it before Major League Baseball came in and said anything. Oh, damn. I mean, I remember them saying the manager was gone. I guess I didn't read. I think I just read the headline or something. I didn't check into the story. But um, 
Holy crap, that's crazy. Yeah, it's um now I know Tampa Bay has such a hard division with Red Sox and Yankees being in it. But God, I gotta say, man, every, every trop game I've been to, it's Yankees and Boston fans are the freaking worst. They are the absolute worst. I went to the last home game last year um, with the Rays versus the Yankees. The Rays decimated the Yankees, by the way. But, dude, anytime the Yankees would do something slightly good, the Yankees fans would just all start riling up, start talking shit and all that stuff. And it's like, oh my God, you don't see any of the Tampa Bay fans doing that or anything. I mean, I'm bigger into college sports than I am into professional. And that's, you know, because I'm in Kentucky. Yeah. And basketball rules everything here. Yeah, that, that, uh, that's that's a sport that I wish I could go watch. Because um, I've tried watching on TV. I'm like, baseball and football are like the only kind of two sports that I can stand watching on TV. Um, I love hockey, but I get kind of bored watching it on TV. Like, I love going to hockey games. They're so much fun. I still have never been to a basketball game before that wasn't, you know, high school or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kentucky fans are a lot like Yankees fans. In terms uh, of basketball? Is that college or professional? College. Okay. Uh, yeah, isn't Ohio a big parallels there too? Like, uh, isn't New Ohio York, a big basketball state too? Uh, Ohio is more college football. Oh, college football. That's right. Okay. I mean, yet yeah, they have the Browns and the Bengals uh, for for their football teams, and yeah. if you have the Browns and the Bengals as your football teams, and obviously the Buckeyes are gonna gonna matter more. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> and the Cavs. You know their their economy was based on LeBron James. Um, <laughs> God, and Columbus has the Blue Jackets for hockey, and I think they still have the crew for soccer. I'm not entirely sure. I, I don't watch soccer. It it do, it's not that it doesn't. It's it's not that it bores me. It's just that I don't understand it. And yeah, I I had uh, my old boss. He was from Turkey. He actually came to America to be a professional soccer player. And um, he ended up hurting his leg. Like I think he tore an ACL, couldn't do it anymore, and he got into IT. And um, and so when dur- during the last World Cup, I want to say, what was it, two years ago, th- the last World Cup? I think it was. <sighs> or was it last year? Well, whenever the last World Cup was, um, you know, we were totally busy at work, a.k.a. watching a lot of World Cup. And, and with all the doctors at my at my job um they're barely working too during the world cup so (laughs) so we were watching a lot of a lot of soccer and and having someone who understands soccer made it so much more enjoyable because i was asking questions like well why are they doing this why are they doing that and all that stuff and maybe that's what you need like someone who really knows the game to explain like everything because after that it made it much more enjoyable to watch and like i was getting into it at that time i I'd like to watch it and understand it. I just haven't had the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Uh, soccer, soccer is picking up in Kentucky too. Uh, we've got a uh, a team in Louisville that isn't MLS. They're the level b- below them. Okay. Uh, so there, there's excitement for soccer in Kentucky. It's just horse racing and basketball are what we do best right now. That's true. That's true. And horse racing sucks. Ah. I've only been to one horse race track, and it's it was 
I mean, it was fun gambling some money and trying to win stuff, but I couldn't see myself doing that all the time. Uh, I've been to the Derby multiple times. It's just the worst. Why is uh, that? Well, if you're in the infield, everyone that's in there is sunburned and drunk. That's true. Yeah. And it smells vaguely of a magic tournament. <laughs> uh, if you're in the stands, there's a bunch of snooty people there. But they're not snooty enough to be in the VIP area. Oh, I see. Uh, they're the, the big money is. Yeah. They like uh, to think they're rich. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the new money but they're actually middle class or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just, my, my, my family, uh, raises quarter horses. Well, yeah, my family, quarter horses, uh, my, my aunts and uncle on my, or my aunt and uncle on my dad's side raises quarter, raises quarter horses. And uh, what, what's my a quarter horse? Girl, uh, this is someone who knows nothing. About. Horse? It's a what? Three short of a dollar horse. I don't know, even know what that is. Um, like I, get, I literally well, know nothing about horses. Or, what? You get four quarters and then you get a dollar. Well, uh, the quarter horse is just a breed. Um, oh, okay, okay. I guess the best way. See, you tell me something like that, and I'll take it literally. Like, oh, for, for, <laughs> okay, oh, a dollar horse, okay. <laughs> uh, they're short distance runners. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, they're they're the ones that do like a. Uh, barrel racing and stuff like that they're more uh they're more on agility okay okay speed. Then thoroughbreds up. thoroughbreds the horses that are at pimlico or churchill downs or uh, the other famous racetracks that i don't remember uh they're, they're built for long distance running um and my, my family raises these horses really well, and most most horse trainers and breeders do that. But the amount of horses that die on the track is such a great number. Really? Yeah. Uh, Santa Anita, uh, the track out in California, something stupid like forty horses died in their in their first couple of meets of uh, twenty nineteen through twenty twenty. It was a ridiculous number. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, and then last year at the Derby, uh, it comes out later on that the horses are doped up. Oh shit! Like with steroids uh, or something, or? Uh, well, I don't quite remember um, what the horse. That wasn't a steroid, but it was a, a a drug that helped them breathe better and help blood flow better. Oh damn. So stuff that you know what helps runners. Okay. So yeah, these these horses are getting doped up. They're dying on the field. Um, that's why I think horse racing sucks. Uh, people get their enjoyment out of it, and I don't want to want to echo PETA because PETA is a terrible organization. Yeah. It's full of of hypocrites, but these horses deserve so much better. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's. I mean, Tampa. They don't have the the dog track racing anymore, do they? I can't remember if they do it anymore. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, they still do have the. 
Yeah, the Greyhound track, the dog racing. Damn it, I thought they closed that down. No, no, never mind. I, I went to a track outside of West Memphis uh, to watch Greyhounds, and I was entertained by it. And for years, I was like, this is a fond memory. I enjoy this. And then I start seeing Gail Simone tweets about Greyhound races. And I'm like, this famous comic book writer is like telling me why Greyhound races suck. And I don't want to push back against this. I want to learn about why, why Greyhound races suck. And these animals get abused. Oh, yeah. These animals are treated poorly. I'm like, I don't want to support that. I don't want to do the same thing for the, for the, uh, you, you know, these, these horses are so inbred. They're, they're oh, inbred for speed and yeah. long distance and they're breaking down because their bones just aren't. And they probably don't live very long either to too. They get, I think most, most of their life cycle is a 20 year life cycle. It's longer than I thought. It's not when you get done. They race at three years old, oh, uh, two to three to four. You get past that. These these are horses that typically hang around for a while, and they make a you know depending on how successful they are, they have a good living off um, studying them out. Yeah, uh, but there's also a problem with the horse meat industry. That um, the horse meat industry will buy racehorses and they'll race them more. And when they're done racing them, they become food. And I don't, I don't have a problem with people eating horse. I don't have a problem with people eating cows. Uh, The horse eating horse is a a cultural thing that is something I don't understand. But that's that is the end fate for a lot of horses now. Um, and I, I, I do not like that. And it's something that I try not to support. Like yeah. you'll, you'll notice me on Twitter a lot more talking about horse prom during May. Oh, Except okay. For this year because they've moved horse prom to September. Uh, now, what, what, what's horse prom? The Kentucky Derby. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, a, a group of my friends. Everything that uh, football proms is Super Bowl. Uh, oh, wrestling prom is WrestleMania. So uh, everything that has a prom uh, <laughs> or a, a major event becomes a prom. Uh, it's something really stupid we do, but it's a bad habit, and I haven't broken it. Uh so when the derby comes through like that is a ton of money for the local area i'm 40 miles away from Louisville. yeah um, that, that that's got to be because um i mean that's similar to like when a nascar race shows up in daytona and all that's a huge boon for that area right there yeah i mean we get people that stay in hotels down in radcliffe you know they're they're 40 miles away but they're and they, they don't get any cheaper than they do in louisville yeah but uh so the economic impact of you know the, the derby not happening would be huge for the city and i don't want to see that taken away but i don't want to glorify something that seems so awful no i know what you mean and 
I mean, I, I don't really have a horse in the race, but um, <laughs> it's. I mean, I just don't understand a lot of it, but it's. I'm not surprised that there's not there is rampant, you know, horse abuse and all that stuff. Like, it, it surprised me. You telling me like there's just horses that just die on the track or whatever, or die shortly after. Like, holy crap, that's insane. Um, yeah, they'll either like, like if a horse breaks its leg, uh, they're done. In most cases, if they can't support themselves, the leg starts uh, getting gangrenous, and it and it's it's compassionate to do it, to, to yeah. just euthanize them uh, because they're not going to have a good life. Yeah. Uh, and I don't fault people who do this. Like my my aunt and uncle, like I was saying, they're they're very good trainers. They're very good breeders. Uh, they take good good care of these horses treat them like their family uh and most trainers do it's just the ones that are like here have a bunch of drugs that's crazy that's insane uh, oh man so have you seen that tiger king documentary speaking of I animals have you have not I'm aware of it, but I have not watched a single episode. Well, you need it's, to do that. Um, I mean, I know it's super popular on the internet, but um, it, 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 without glorifying the whole freaking wackiness of it, I mean, to me, even though I know the um, like Joe Exotic and all them are not in Florida, only the Carol Baskins lady is, and um, it's uh, it's a good way to put it. They they all remind me of Florida people. Like people I could go find in the county just south of me, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much like whole freaking methed out and um, just. But I, I I urge you to watch it. It's funny. It's um very stupid. Well, I have but, two weeks free. I have yeah. two weeks free until cash is here yet. So I mean, I've got plenty yeah. of time to watch stuff. Yeah. And I don't necessarily have to keep rewatching Scrubs, Parks and Rec, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I, I can watch something else. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm doing a rewatch of The Office again. I'm like halfway through it. I'm, I'm right at the part where um, I think I'm an episode or two away before, uh, what is it, that one company comes in and buys out Dunder Mifflin, the Saber printers or whatever. You've never don't watched... Know. You've never watched The I've Office? Watched, uh, I've watched a couple of episodes, but it's a, it's a show to me like How I Met Your Mother or Seinfeld or Friends what? that I just, for some reason, I can't get into it. I mean, I know the, the first season is a little hard. The second season, and the first season is only like six episodes. Um, yeah. Second season is definitely where it starts to pick up. But um, I'm surprised because Parks and Rec is basically spawned off of the idea of The Office and all that. Yeah, um, and they both had the first... Like, I started The Office in season one, and it was some of the worst television I've ever watched. Oh, and man. Parks and Rec had the same season one problem. Yeah. I'm like, how did this, how did this show get past season one? Because it is awful. And then season two, everything's picked up. So maybe I just need to ignore season one and start well, off on season two with The Office. I would still watch season one of The Office and, and just get through because there's definitely some character development that you need to be aware of that happens in it. Um, uh, that, it's such a slog. It's only six episodes and they're only 20 minutes a piece. Yeah, but that's... that's <laughs> uh, even even knowing something is, something is uh, 120 minutes, it's just like... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's I loved Parks and Rec until the very last season. I couldn't stand the last season. It's um something about it. Like I I watched up all the way till the episode before the very last episode of Parks and Rec, and I I still haven't watched the finale of Parks and Rec. I just kind of refused to because that last season was just trash. The time jump really messed things up. I think because I th- but the last. Like the last episode was a very satisfying season. Yeah. yeah, like the last episode of what season six of Parks and Rec, I thought it was the end. Like, oh yeah, Leslie gets her job or you know dream job or whatever, and and then season seven was just it's sort of like Scrubs, like how Scrubs actually ends in season eight, and then season nine is the the hospital school or whatever the hell it was. Or season nine doesn't exist, man. I I know. I, I don't I, know what you're talking about. I I refuse. I've never seen season- I've only I only watched it once and then I refused to watch it because every rewatch of Scrubs I've done it ends at season eight. Yep, it ends with my finale and that's it. Yeah, that they that was probably the perfect show ending for any show that I've watched. Even more so than Breaking Bad, you think? Breaking Bad was pretty damn good ending. It was a good ending. That 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 was a show but that was satisfying from start to finish. The thing about that is, to me at least, Walt was a character that a lot of people have glorified. And yeah, I mean, everybody loves the anti-hero and all that. Yeah. But I didn't want Walt to die. I it wanted kinda him to face it. justice. And I guess I guess dying because of your own car mounted machine gun spoilers, uh, car mounted machine gun <laughs> uh, is justice. But like Jesse is screwed. Mike Mike's character, or not Mike's character, Mike oh, yeah. Ermintrop. That's that's the actual dude. Yeah, because Mike actually died in the yeah. But, but, I mean, did you watch the El Camino movie with that show? Yeah, I watched El Camino. It was fine. Yeah. It, it was, as a movie, it was not good. But as a conclusion to his story from Breaking Bad, it was satisfying. Yeah. To let me know what happened to, to Aaron Paul's character was, was good. Yeah. The, uh, um, I appreciate it existing, but it... Nah, I know what you mean. It's So, I've been rewatching The Office. Um, what is it? I've been catching up on Brooklyn Nine-Nine on their latest season. Do you ever watch that, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah, this show's great. I fucking love it. Um, <laughs> it, it actually, that actually kind of turned me on to Andy Samberg, because I was never a fan of him before and all that stuff, but that show kind of changed my mind about him. I loved his SNL work, so I was already pretty hyped about this show existing. Yeah, but all the other characters or all the other actors I'd never, you know, noticed before. Oh, Holt and, uh, is great. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> so you like you like it's always sunny. That's one of my favorite shows. I've watched that so many times. I uh, I watch episodes of it to go to sleep to. Uh, it is one of the dumbest things in a good way that I've ever watched. It's just so the dark comedy out of it is something that appeals to me. Yes. 
I, I think even what they're on, they just finished season 15 or was it 14? Um, 14 or 15. It was yeah, one of those two it, It's one of those. I think even now that show is just as good as it was when it began because I mean, yeah, there's been some of the new episodes haven't been that great, that great and all that stuff. But dude, I freaking I, I loved all of it. Like the, the um, the, I th- I think it was in season 14 or whatever. It was one of the new episodes where they did a, um, was it sexual harassment seminar? Yeah. Oh dude, I died. Let <laughs> that entire, that entire thing, <laughs> it, it, especially the part where was it Mac and D like having to do some, um, you know, skit or whatever. And he just grabs her, <laughs> yeah. lifts her up. And I'm just like, Oh my God. <laughs> Because uh, it, it's funny because when you go through those corporate, you know, sexual harassment seminars and all that shit and see them go through it, you're just like, oh, dear God. And then Frank calling his lawyer. <laughs> oh, my God. It was it was great. Uh, the Nightman Cometh is probably one of my favorite episodes of any television show. Yeah, have you ever I, seen I, their, I like... have you ever seen their live play of that? Yeah, I watched it. I, I've watched a few YouTube videos of their live play of it. That was great. The, um, yeah, Nightman Cometh. I mean, yeah, w- one of the best episodes they've done. I think the funniest, funniest, funniest episode I saw, like, I, I die laughing every single time is, um, I think it's the McPoyle's wedding or something. And in the beginning, at the beginning of the episode, they're outside. Frank gets bit by a bat and tells D to suck the venom from his head. And I'm just, I'm dying. <laughs> it's just the most random shit ever. And you're just like, what? That was another show that, that, that had a rough first season. Yeah, it, it was, it was, but it was still but funny was though. Better than, than the office and parks and rec. I, I do when, agree when with Frank that. It's introduced. Yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito makes that show. I'm sorry. Like all, uh, I don't God. know actors' names because I'm an idiot. Even though I follow them on Twitter, um, Caitlin Olson. Okay, I know that one. Yeah, uh, she, she's. I think I do agree that Danny DeVito really added a lot to the show, <clears throat> but I feel like they're all equally great and all that. Like I love every single one of them. Well, I, I and you can tell that the show is better with all of them. Because when Dennis kind of took off to uh, go to Montana and raise his kid, yeah. he took off to uh, he was he was doing a show on NBC, and he wasn't oh, around. Oh, that's right the season. the substitute teacher one, right? Yeah, yeah. that show was great too. I've, I've seen a little bit of it. It was pretty funny. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, when when he was when he was off doing that show, um, it wasn't as good. No, because the. Like the first episode of that season, um, did they have Mindy Kaling in it? Yeah, I, I love. Well, I only like her because from The Office and all that. Because her character is great in The Office. I like her. I think she's very talented. But she doesn't mix with that group. Yeah, that, that's a. It's a very set ensemble. Yeah. Um, and you know, guest stars don't work well in something like that. No, because uh, I mean, you know, for something dark. Yeah, it's definitely dark. So, do you like absurdist humor and all that? I mean, I like Tim and Eric. So, do you, have you ever watched the Eric Andre show? Yeah. 
Oh my god! So I just started watching that recently. I, I I never know. I've never knew anything about that show or anything like that. I've always seen the memes and all that. I just never didn't know anything about the show and all that, dude. I have. You, you can ask my wife. She gets mad at me because I will just howl. Like I'll wake up the whole house just from laughing, and I'm dying. I'm crying. <laughs> it's the most dumbest shit ever, but I love it. That is the kind of humor I had when I was like in high school and college and all that. Yeah. Just shit that just did not make sense that I found funny. I think that's why I like Tim and Eric so much because I was basically, uh, you know, my sense of humor uh, from them. And Eric Andre is a really talented dude. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, he played double bass, went to Berkeley. Mm. Uh, like he's super talented dude. Uh, he was really good in Man Seeking Woman. I don't think I've seen that. Um, That's a movie, right? No, it was a, a TV show on FXX. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll have to check it out. Um, no, so one thing I want to discuss before we wrap things up here. It's almost getting two hours. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> But uh, let's actually talk a little bit about magic here. Um, okay. <laughs> we talked a lot I mean, about we content. On content creation. Yeah, we, we touched on content stuff. creation. So, um, have you really looked at a lot of the Ikoria cards and all that? I would like to say that yes, I have. Well, well however, well, bef- I have only really paid attention to the stuff that has cycling. Ah, I see. Okay, okay. So, one question I have for you before we get into the actual cards: What are your thoughts on the whole Godzilla promotion thing with the the the, te- the teaming up with Toho and doing the Godzilla cards? I love it. I I'm so excited to see these cards in print and to hold them. I think it is such yes. a great idea. Thank and you. I love it too. I I don't know if it's going to actually get Godzilla fans into magic. But yeah. the 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 special print of it it actually feels special now. You know when you're when you're opening up a collector's edition booster pack uh, to get something that has never been done before. Uh, it sounds so great, and to have something so iconic to take advantage of the the monster genre like they have with. With, with the Godzilla license is super exciting to me because if this yes. goes well then what else gets licensed dude I don't know the um I mean I mean I personally love Godzilla I've seen every single movie seen them more than once um been a huge Godzilla fan since I was a kid my grandfather got me into it um when I remember I first saw the leaks, you know, the, the Brazilian leaks of the three cards and all that, dude, I thought they were fake. Like, there's no way. But when Wizards started putting out, like, the giant footprint uh, on their Twitter page or whatever, I'm like, oh, shit, this is real, isn't it? Godzilla's actually going to show up. <laughs> when I looked at the Who's Getting Spoilers page, you saw that the Hollywood Reporter was getting a spoiler. I was like, yeah, yeah this is real. Yeah. It's happening. Dude, and it's it's I love it. It's I'm super excited about it. I know I'm gonna build a crappy five color commander deck with all the Godzilla cards in it. Um, so, but I, I want to hear your thoughts on them. So, my friends who are you know super into magic, when they first saw this, they were kind of um, 
not too into it because they felt like it's sort of getting away from magic. Um, they it's feeling less magic. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, and they've they've also made comments of how the whole set itself doesn't feel very magicy. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I can I can see and empathize why they feel like it's getting away from magic because it is. You know, the real world magic or the real world references that magic made very rare. I mean, we, we don't have flavor text from uh, the Bible anymore, for example. Uh, so having, you know, a non-fantasy uh, bit come into the card game is a little jarring. And I, and I get that. Um, they don't have to like the Godzilla cards because they've also got the comic book art art cards. So there's something different in there for them. Um, but this set is <sighs> it doesn't feel right to me well what what about it doesn't feel right there is a lot of we've designed this set for digital play feel to this set is that more the, the, I, the mutate you're thinking or the amount of counters because for as long yeah, as I'm, yeah, that's right. The counters is a big thing because now now there's like trample counters, flying counters, menace counters, first strike. For as all, long as all I it. remember, Mark Rosewater has said he wanted to simplify magic. Um, yeah, like that's why protection went away. That's why shroud went away. That's what regenerate went away, and yeah, is that they wanted to take away needlessly complicated things to make it easier on new players, and the amount of counters, the amount of tracking like the rare that has you cycle four times and it comes into play. Uh, that's that's a lot of tracking. Um, it feels needlessly complicated for a paper game, but it feels less complicated for a digital game. That is true. I, I guess I didn't think about it. You make a good point with the counters. It's um, I kind of forgot the counters exist, meaning, you know, the, the vigilance counters, first strike count, whatever. And all that, that and that is going to be tough to keep track of on paper, especially during pre-release. I don't know what are we going to well, have. I like, mean, they're not going to have pre-releases. Well, for the set, anyways. But well, I mean, uh, I mean you know, you know what sets. I mean. It, it, if let's say we do get this on paper, you know, people at home do pr their own pre-release or whatever. You know, are we going to have those pop-out cards like Amon Ket had to for counters? Yeah, know. they're supposed to be pop-out counters in pre-release okay. kits. So I mean, that'll at least help, but it's still a pain in the ass. You yeah. know. Uh, I don't like the digital pandering that I feel Watsy's doing. I know we've got this fancy new client and it makes bells and whistles and sounds and we've got to take advantage of that, you know, to get people more involved into the, or more interested into the eSports side of Magic. But that shouldn't come at the expense of the paper product. I mean, I, I I see what you mean. It's um, I, I see that with the mechanics, it being a little bit needlessly complicated for paper. Um, I mean, is this the start of what we're gonna start seeing? You know, like I mean, core sets. I mean, the next set's gonna be a core set, so typically those are easier, right? Those yeah. are more simple. 
but then we have Zendikar coming, you know, right after that, you know, is that going to be, you know, something complicated like this? I mean, and it, who knows? No one knows and all this point. But For you know, a love set that it is, because it's not tying into another block, it's, these mechanics may not show up in another set ever. I, is... I feel like mutate would show up at some point, like 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 maybe like you know how vehicles still show up every once in a while. Yeah, I, I feel like mutate will still show up maybe every once in a while, maybe like corsets or something. Yeah, I don't have a problem with mutate. Um, mutate is that's because... a fun mechanic to me. That, that... That's, that's because I played a lot of Pokemon too, and yeah. one of the mechanics mutates a lot like the break mechanic. Uh, in, in Pokemon, yeah, uh, yeah. You put a card over top of it. It's got the abilities, blah blah blah. Um, so I don't, I don't really have a problem with mutate. I think I get it. Just the amount of tracking issues that seems to go against everything Maro said, it kind of bothers me. But it's also a set that takes a lot of risk because this could blow up. This this could be just awful. And not because of the pandemic. It could be players don't like taking taking so much tracking into their own hands. Uh, it plays better digitally than it does on paper. So it, there's also a risk involved to Watsi for this as well. Uh, but I appreciate them taking the risk. I appreciate them coming out and coming out with new things. Uh, be it a Godzilla promo or uh, you know these counters the game has to continue to evolve or it becomes stale and people stop playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the next thing, how, I'm sorry. What? Okay, go I, I won't know how I actually truly feel about the set until I actually play it. Yeah. If there's no tracking issues on paper, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know you and I will get a little bit of a taste come the early access event and all that, yeah. but I mean, that's not going to be, the same too much you know compared to paper but at least give us some sort of idea of what it's going to be like like i'm definitely excited to try out sealed and limited for this because this to me seems like an exciting sealed and limited environment um like throne of eldraine and theros were not very exciting for me in the limited aspect um but this seems exciting um and then plus with them releasing commander 2020 very soon with this too it's Dude, I gotta say, the spoiler season with Commander and Ikori at the same time, that was confusing as hell. Like, there's so many times, I, at least for me, because I don't keep track of all the spoilers all the time. It's, you know, I'll, I'll take a look and see a whole bunch of stuff. And some of the cards, probably just like a lot of people, I got confused as to what's what. I like see a crazy ass Commander card. I'm like, that's gonna be in standard and just start yeah. hating standard. And you're like, oh, wait, no, that's Commander. Or vice versa, you know? I, I like that they're releasing Commander products with set releases now. Oh, I, like, like I, I love it. It, it was just sense. the spoiler season just felt so confusing. It was rushed. Yeah, and, definitely yeah, rushed. Like like when you see Soul Ring with the Ikoria backgrounds that they're using on their slides. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know Soul Ring's not coming to standard. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, I I would not like to. I don't. It would be very bad for the game. Like, you, you think Oko was bad? 2020 standard tournaments with Soul Ring in it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let f- fuck but, it. Uh, let's let's put Soul Ring in it. Let's unban Oko and let's have at it. Yeah, let's just let's just go off. Uh, they could have used a different backgrounds. 
Yeah, that's true. That would have helped a lot. Uh, you know, like, it doesn't have to be the Ikoria background, but, you know, mix in Commander Ikoria. You know, just make sure that people know that this is the set it's releasing with, this is the product, and it's not coming to standard. Um, the the Gavin Commander. I was like, man, that card's going to be dope in standard. And I was like, no, it's not. Yeah. Because it's it's the commander for the cycling deck. And I'm super excited about the cycling deck, whatever it is in standard. Uh, cycling it, it, has been one of my favorite things to do in Magic since Fluctuator. Oh, so you, you must... So, um, And I can't believe they reprinted that too after everyone bought out Fluctuator and they reprinted it. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> I loved that. Oh I, my God. It was just... Like Gavin even gave a hint about about it in one of his tweets before this commander stuff was, oh, was did revealed. He? he was like, uh, a certain card is getting reprinted. And I'm like, I don't think it's going to be Fluctuator, but I'm certainly not buying into this spike. Yeah. That's not that's not a thing I'm doing. Probably so many pissed off people. <laughs> so, I hope, so, I hope it's, so I hope it's Fluctuator. And then I see Fluctuator on a list and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> you can't help Good. but laugh. Oh man, no! But I'm super excited about it. I'm, I'm. I mean, I God, I could go probably a whole another hour diatribe on just how I feel where Commander's going lately with how pushed the Commander cards are because it, it's sort. I feel like even though I'm really excited about these new cards, I feel like it's starting to push out a lot of the older commanders and older quote-unquote commander cards and now now that they're designing all these cards specifically for commander it's not feeling as i hate to use the word special because there were times like before commander got popular you'd be building commander decks and you'd find that crappy 20 cent card that is super bad in every format except commander but now that everybody's found out about commander that 20 cent card is now 20 bucks you know and and that's the one and we're not going to see that anymore because commander is quote unquote solved because you got all the big content creators that have, I mean, they haven't figured out everything, but there's, you know, they've built so many commander decks and talk about so many cards. It's well, that an EDH rec exists that too. Yeah. I mean, I and love I, that I appreciate site. The sites. Yeah. Cause that, that it's, it's a great site for when you can, when you have like your, you're building your commander deck and it's like, shit, I've got 95 cards and I have no idea what my last five cards should be. Right. What, what's, what else is good that goes with this commander? Boom. There you go. And you forget about like, you go through it and you're like, forget about 30 cards that exist. And you're like, Oh shit. Now I need to, (laughs) you know, that that's, what's great about it. And I know I said, I net deck commander stuff. Um, but that's, that's because I am not creative. And I'm very bad at deck building. Like I can't do I I very rarely do limited. The last time I played in a limited tournament was uh Grand Prix Indianapolis back in twenty twelve. Oh damn. Like that was my last Grand Prix. It was gonna be my last Grand Prix before I got sick anyways, because they were getting out of control in cost. But it was returned to Ravnica Limited and I spent six weeks practicing for this building sealed decks i was doing uh like a sealed deck post a week for pure mtgo oh damn uh 
And then I had a secret group of people where I'm posting new sealed decks like every six hours. Um, and, you know, I was rewarded for that. I made a day two. Um, and I drafted, and it wasn't a great day two. But you still made uh, day two, though. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was my goal. My goal was to make day two in my last tournament, or, you know, my last Grand Prix. Um, so me and Limited don't get along <laughs> because I'm just not a good deck builder anymore uh, because I don't put the practice up. Like, my, my content is constructed only uh, because I find Limited... I find limited to not be as exciting. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you have to be a super involved player to get limited. And with, with yeah. constructed formats, there's a varying level of how involved you are. That's true. It, it's really knowing the meta more and knowing yeah. what's good against what meta, like archetypes and all that. And I, I can see that. Um, so, I have to kind of wrap things up here. Um, sorry, sorry about cutting it a little bit short here. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I, I kind of got to wrap things up. But um, I do want to thank you for coming on and just BSing with me, talking about content creation, mental health, you know, sports, um, I, God, whatever the hell else you know, Tele magic, magic, what? There, oh. there, there's television too. Oh yeah, television and horses and. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you for coming. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or see what you do? Uh, you can find me on puremtgo.com, legitmtg.com. Uh, I also run LegitMTG's Twitter, <laughs> not very well, uh, and their Instagram account a little better. Uh, I'm trying to get better and, with Instagram. It's tough. Like, I use... I hate posting stuff off mobile devices because I've got big, fat, dumb fingers. Uh, and I will constantly press the wrong things and mess things up. So I use a, a web browser called Vivaldi okay. that lets me upload to Instagram off of my PC. Cool. Uh, so I use that. But um, I stream for legit at twitch.tv backslash legitmtg.com. And my Twitter account is at Joshua Clater. Uh, okay. I, I could give you my phone number too, but I don't answer my phone. No, I, I don't think we need the <laughs> phone number. <laughs> I mean, people really want to reach out to me. No, I think that's uh, good. I just want to <laughs> no, that's good. Um, well, I just want to thank you again for coming on. And um, yeah, it's been fun shooting the shit and all that. It has been. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. I'm glad we finally did this. Yeah, for real. Um, all right. Well, thank you for again and um, have a great night. All right. You too. Stay dry. Hey, everybody, and thank you for listening slash watching this episode's interview. Really hope you enjoyed it. Um, two hours went by like that again. It's um these these interviews where I, I know the previous episode with Michelle. It was it was getting it could have been three four hours because just it's i don't know there's just so much to talk about and sometimes you know two hours isn't enough um and i know these long form interviews are not everybody's you know preferred way of listening or watching 
podcast or anything, but I personally enjoy them. I love long form interview podcasts, and this is something that I love bringing to the magic community because it really gets to know the person. I mean, we may be talking about service level stuff, but sometimes when we dive deep into mental health or or just anything really, right? It's it, it can be pretty enlightening and get, let you get to know that person more right and that's what i love about these kind of interviews because yeah we talk about magic i mean we definitely probably should talk more magic because you know this is a magic podcast but you know bringing on these magic content creators and you know streamers and players and all that really shows them that there's more to them than just this card game getting to know that person is something that's really essential it's part of the gathering of this game and it's part of why i love doing this show so much so thank you again for listening um you know if you want to help support the show you can check out the show's patreon at patreon.com slash and once again thank you jj freeze for being our new sub our new uh, patron uh to the show and have a great night everybody